The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on this Tuesday edition. And we are so glad you're with us this morning and giving me the privilege to be part of your day and to speak into your life today. We're going to continue in the book of Psalm, chapter 119. We've been going through this for several weeks now, section by section, as you know. Uh, it's broken up in uh, based on the Hebrew alphabet. That was not necessarily inspired that way. It's just a way that the human writers, I don't want to say authors, but those who kind of broke down the passages, it's easier to follow since it is such a large chapter. Granted, the chapter itself is broken down, not necessarily by God, but by human peop- uh, humans and preachers who kind of set together this section to make it easier to follow. Uh, so we're going to look at the second to last section, which starts in Psalm 119, verse 161. Hebrew letter is Sheen. Uh, some say Shin, Sheen, actually, depending, uh, this is an interesting letter, depending on what dialect of Hebrew at the time you were in, it could be Sin or Sheen. Uh, and literally, there's an accent, it looks like a W, and there's an accent on either side, and depending where the accent is, you'd say it differently. Uh, I won't get a lot of detail, there's a story in Scripture that deals with this, people knowing who someone is based upon their dialect. But uh, anyway, uh, Sheen as the second to last letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and so we're going to start. I want to ask a question before I read the section of Scripture here this morning. You ever got to the point where in your life or even in society, I just feel like we're all too easily offended. Uh, I know we're not talking about the woke society or all the other things going on today. There's a section, there's a verse in here that talks about nothing shall offend us. And I come back and ask, how is it that I can live? Now, it's important that we understand uh, the terminology that was used here. It's a little bit different than today's terminology of the word offend. So, but I ask a question, you know, the section of Psalm 119, I want you to think about, is all dealt with the Word of God. It's dealt with David's love for the Word of God. He's finding hope and strength and confidence in the Word of God. And today, we're going to find how that word of God helps us from being offended. And so let's evaluate this passage. Read it first and then we'll we'll break it down. Verse uh, 161. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy love, thy law, do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and have done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee. So he starts off in verse 161. He talks about princes have persecuted me without cause. Obviously, he's talking about those in the inner courts. This is probably David talking about Saul and his court, talking about princes, men that would be in positions of royalty have persecuted. They've lied about me and persecuted. And as you know, David had already at this point been anointed to be the next king. Saul had already been told that his lineage would not follow. He would not be a dynasty, that he would be the last of his line to be king, and God would put him in somewhere else because he disobeyed. And when aspects to coming to what to do with the spoils after war, he did not wait for Samuel. He disobeyed and lied about it. And so God was removing him, and so they all knew this. And so what was happening, really what you probably say is, uh, they were going after David, trying to discredit him so that the people wouldn't want him as a king. They kind of were trying to do their own thing. That God had made a decision, they didn't like it, so they were going to do what they could to eliminate that. So they've persecuted him without cause. He said, but, by, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I love what David says. He goes, you know, 
all these things are happening to me. I'm being lied about, and it's all false. But I'm not, I'm not trying to defend the lie at this point. Now, you know in the past, he's asked God to deal with it, and it's a different aspects, but I appreciate the way he sees this. Or they're lying, it's not true, and it could have effect. There are going to be people who are going to believe this. But I'm not going to focus on that. My hope is not found in what people believe. My hope is found in your word. So I'm just going to stay in the word of God. I'm going to stay in your law. I'm going to stay believing the words of God. And please understand that. The word of God are the words of God. So when we read them, we're getting his word, his promises to us. And that's why it's so important to be in it. So he continues in verse 162. I rejoice at thy word, at thy words. Lord, what you've said as one that findeth great spoil. You think about someone who's found Something, you know, I, I never watched it, but for years I remember, and they may still be on TV, but the um, people go to these um, pawn shops. They look through and they find something that someone pawned off for a very small amount of money and ended up being worth a lot. Uh, example of that, I used to work when I was in college finishing up grad school. Um, I worked at a jewelry store in the mall. And one time a lady walked in and she says, I, I've got this shoebox. We bought this house and somewhere in the house there's a shoebox worth of things, if I remember the story correctly, but a shoebox worth of things. And she pulled it out and there's this one carat diamond ring. And she's like, I just want to know if it's real. And, and honestly, it's very simple. They have this little, you know, four inch stick, stick it up against the rock if the light turns on, it's a diamond. It wasn't really a complicated thing. So we grabbed it. She goes, I, I just want to know, you know, if it's Cupid's Coney, because this, the quality, and you understand with the diamonds, they're, they're based off of what the carrot, clarity cut, carrot, and um, color, those four different things that tell you the value of a diamond. Well, this thing did look Cupid's Coney because it was just so clear, so high in quality. And so we took it to the back, we tested it, and we're like, this thing's real. Real meaning worth a large sum of money, and thousands of dollars. And so we uh, cleaned it up, took it out, and I, the, bought, the owner walked out and offered her 500 bucks, the manager, right there in the spot. And she said, well, if you're offering me 500, it means it's worth a whole lot more. And she took it and went with it. She was a very smart girl. She brought in something that somebody had thrown away thinking it was worth 50 cents. Found out it's worth thousands of dollars. That's what he's saying. When I find something like that, your word is more valuable to me than something like that. That's how important God, David found God's word. And that's how important we should find God's words because the material things that we may run into this world, are they're great, but they don't give us help in this world. They don't give us more value and they don't help us eternally. It is God's word and God's words that we need to help in those areas. And so that's a great illustration of that. I love what he says in verse 163. And I agree with him. I hate and abhor lying. But thy love do I, do I love. Thy love do I love. The more you get into the words of God, the more you hate lying. The more you hate the deception, the more you hate that people would do it, all those things. It's just, it's angering. And frankly, you hate the fact that people would believe it. And you can't control what people are going to say or what they're going to believe. You, but there's nothing wrong with hating what they're doing. When you're being lied about, everybody hates it. By the way, we hate if people lie about us. Therefore, when people come to us about other people, we got to be very cautious that we don't believe lies. We don't listen to gossip. Right? And it's just a kind of a side note there. Be very careful that, because here's a simple thought. If someone's going to gossip to you about someone else, they will ultimately gossip about you to someone else. It's a character trait. If someone's a gossip, if someone's a critic, if someone is a, is dissent, causes dissension among their brethren, it's who they are. They will, they're not just being nice to you. They will do it to you. They probably already are doing it to you. It's their character. It's who they are. So be very careful about that. But let's go on. Verse 164, he just talks about his faithfulness. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. He's just constantly, he's just a constant reminder daily that God is, is great. Then in verse 165, great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. 
Well, let me tell you what the great peace. I hope we understand that just because I read a few verses and I love the Word of God, everything's be peaceful. There's a section in the book of Proverbs that I think helps us with this. Because in Philippians it says, I give everything to God and I shall have a peace that passes all understanding. But here's an intriguing point. It's not like God will force this peace and eliminate any conflict in my life. Here's what it says in Colossians. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. So here's what I'm going to have. You know, I have the flesh that still lives in me, and then I have the Holy Spirit that lives in me. And they're in conflict constantly, because my flesh is not good, the Holy Spirit is. When God gives peace, through the Holy Spirit, He gives me peace. And so I can choose to accept His peace, or I can choose to accept my view, my opinion. And my opinion is always negative. It's just part of who I am. It's part of who we are. My, my, I always want to find the negative in everything. So I can listen to the voice of my flesh and my sinful flesh, and I can see all the negative, or I can listen to the peace. So when I'm given this, I have a choice. I have my view of life, or I have what God has told me. This is peace. Now the question comes, which one is going to rule? Which one is going to have its way? Am I going to listen and follow uh, the confusion and the frustration of my human flesh? Or am I going to listen and follow the peace and let that be what rules in my heart? That's what he's talking about here. So great peace. When I let God's peace rule and have the way it's supposed to, then I understand what it means. It's not that God's just going to force peace into my life and everything's going to be great. He's going to offer peace and I can choose to follow it, obey it, and believe it. But then he says in the second half, nothing shall offend them. Here, here's the thing. Uh, this, tricky, this word's tricky. We see it offended today. You said something I don't like, I'm all offended. That's not technically what this is talking about today. What the word offend means is another idea of a stumbling block. It's, it's similar, though, in the area of offense. When somebody says something to me I don't like, I can begin to act in a way that's just not appropriate. We see that all through our culture today. You know, we don't like this and everybody else needs to stop because they've offended me. And we begin to act selfishly, foolishly. It's just how the culture is today. I think it's funny, you know, I disagree with you so you should never be able to say something. Well, then how come they don't say that about me? How come I'm not the one that needs to be quiet? Everybody, we want tolerance as long as you agree with me. That's not tolerance, and that's, that's where we're wrong. And here's what he's saying. We stumble, we get angry because this happened or that happened, and it fills us, and we do. Uh, your husband or your wife can do something, and you can get all angry, and you can flip out into stumbling block because you've been hurt or offended. He said, when I really let the Word of God saturate me, these things will happen, and they're not, it's not that it'll hurt. It's not that I don't dislike them, but I'm not, they're not going to cause me to stumble. They're not going to cause me to do something I shouldn't. They're not going to cause me to go out and say things I shouldn't. I'm not going to sit there and look at my wife and flip out and do something that I'm going to regret, even though part of me says it's the right move, but I'm not going to because the Word of God is saturated in my life and I will respond differently because of it. Yeah, I literally will just, the more I'm saturated, the more I begin to respond like God and the less I will respond with my flesh. The less I respond in anger and frustration in offense. So it is the same idea. Because when I get offended today, I, it becomes a stumbling block. I can't move forward. I can't get my relationship with this person because not everything's working the way I want. And it's just not the way it's supposed to be. I saturate myself with the Word of God and then I recognize I, it's not all about me. It's about Him. I mean, who else had a right to be offended? He dies on the cross for me and we, for us, and then we continue to sin against him. I mean, anybody has a right to be offended, it's Jesus, and he doesn't. That's the thinking we need. So yeah, it's the same idea as offense, so, but it's, it's, it's a little more legitimate than the offense we see today. I don't like what they said online or whatever. That, that's, that's a level of silliness, to be honest with you. So what we see here is saying that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be different than the culture. I'm going to be different than the world. I'm going to be saturated with the Word of God. I'm going to respond differently. I promise you the world will look at that and say something's wrong. And that's what it should be. Not that we're better than anybody, we're just unique. 
because that's what Christian, it's what Holy Spirit power brings is that uniqueness. I hope that's a help. The next three verses, we, we've, he, it's kind of a repeat of a lot of things he said, so we won't look at them today, but I hope that's a help. I hope it's an encouragement that we, it's another reminder of the need to be saturated. One of the reasons you're here, to be taught the Word of God. I'm glad you're here. It's a great truth. It's part of what we're learning here today. And the more we saturate ourselves with the Word of God, the more we will have His presence, His power, and His ability to respond in ways that by nature we're not there. Let His peace rule. Your mind wants to act a certain way. God offers a peace. Let it rule. Let it have its way in your life. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday morning, giving me the chance to be part of your day. It is greatly appreciated. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I hope you join us again tomorrow. God bless.